Hey, we're live. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to episode 22 of The Empty Slate. As always, I'm here with Russ at his humble abode. I had to uh, make sure I saved this right before the opening, yeah. before we went anywhere. <clears throat> what does that say on that hat there, baby? You what beat, does that say right there? They beat an Aaron. What says says something I can't say without getting canceled. It says that 30 to 10, we An Aaron Rodgers list. Smoked your Jets. Aaron Rodgers list Jets team. I mean, come on. Aaron Rodgers. Like Snoop Dogg on 420, baby. Anyway, this is a very, very special episode we have our first ever guest on the empty slate, and I couldn't be happier to have this guy on. Longtime friend of the YFB network, member of him, of it himself. As Russ drinks, I'm hoping Kool-Aid and muted himself. Yeah, because I was chugging all my water. Got a hot. Anyway, Russ, you wanna you want to bring our bring our guy in? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I've known this gentleman for quite some time now, um, and uh, uh, we connected first on our uh, love for UFC, um, then our love for uh, music, and then our love for all things uh, entertaining in this world uh, that have to do with music. And uh, I've not met anybody because uh, no offense to the man, he's quite younger than us, but I've not quite met quite anybody who has such an impeccable taste of music. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from the Rated JG podcast, Mr. Justin Gill. There he is. What is going on, dude? Thank is. you guys for the intro. That was uh, very nice of you, Russ. I appreciate that. Well, it's it's uh, it's it's very true to uh, to to say that you have a very impeccable taste of music. Um some of my most recent um, songs on repeat, I, I owe to you. Uh, so I will say, uh, and, I, and I've, I've, I've tried to share those with Chris. So yes, I'm he trying is. to get him there. Hey, dude, let's do it, man. One song at a time. I'm here for it. Right? He definitely has. Um, it's interesting. It's not the typical stuff I listen to, but it's not bad. It's It's good. I like it. It's definitely different. That's what's up. Yeah. And like, as the, as the time goes on and depending on like what season of life you're in or like where your current interests are, I mean, man, there is no, my, my opinions, my likes, my play, like, you know, playback and playlist, they change all the time. So, I mean, I'm just kind of the stuff that that Russ has shown you lately, I'm assuming is what I've been jamming lately. And Hey, that could change. And, tomorrow but yeah that's that's uh we've been going back and forth sending some uh suggestions to one another and jamming out for sure <laughs> that's for, yeah uh for for, for those for those that don't know uh justin does a thing on his uh, instagram for the podcast uh where he shares uh, basically has new music fridays and uh and basically just you know put some of these smaller artists that people may not know uh puts them out there in the open for people to hear uh it's it's I, I think it's funny, um, and, and you know, me and Justin can take credit for this, but we texted each other the morning 
uh, maybe it was, it was either a message on Facebook or something uh, of, with the Oliver Anthony. Uh, and it was like, me and Justin were talking about it, and we start. I start going through some of his stuff, and like, like, man, this guy is awesome. And then all of a sudden, like that, man, the dude blew up out of nowhere. And I was like, wow, like that did not take long. But you know, with, with a song like that one, um, you, you don't expect it to sit in the shadows for very long either. It's the beauty of the internet, man. All it takes is one of the right people to share it or comment on it or do something. And then, you know, it just catches the right kind of fire and you can have a career overnight, man. It's yeah. nuts. And, and I, I've really, you know, the guy, is, the guy is super humble. And that's one thing about yeah. him. Um, when you watch some of his YouTube clips about, you know, about himself and if anybody has listened to him on Joe Rogan, uh, he's a very humble person. You think so? I do. I got a little bit of, I got some, I got some mixed opinions on that. He, I don't think that it was, uh, he came off as anything like braggadocious or like boastful, but like halfway through the podcast, Joe was bringing stuff up and, uh, the way that he was speaking, the way that Oliver was like responding kind of gave me, he was like, well, yeah, everyone's trying to get a hold of me right now. And you know, well, I'm going to use this platform. And like, I have so many people reaching out to me at the moment. And I'm like, you I mean you've been famous for two seconds, brother? Like, I mean, I get it, and you're on Rogan, which is more than 99% of the population can say. And I'm sure wow. that maybe the moment was too big for him. But I'm like, pump your brakes a little bit, dude. You're coming off as kind of like an ass. But I mean, hey, you have three hours on the air with one of the most popular men on the earth. So you, it was a little bit like of like a chest beating kind of a thing, you know, like he's beating his own chest. Yeah. That was a good way of putting it. Kind of like. He, like a nose up at the crowd a little bit like i mean yeah it's about time i got the recognition i deserve not and not in as many words but it kind of came off a little wrong but no i do there was like like i guess glimpses of the uh the humble thing you're speaking about but there were some parts where i'm like oh, i don't know if i like that but hey i mean the guy got famous off of a four minute song and then had a three hour long conversation with a dude who makes a living talking so he, we'd probably trip up over a couple things too i mean That's he basically thing. created a national anthem for the working class overnight Absolutely. That's, yeah, another no person, that's another person that i'm uh i'm very shocked at his music taste and how it is um is rogan oh yeah you, know, you, you you start to hear rogan talk about some of these some of these artists that we listen to and you're like holy Bro. shit hey man you can see that back there my boy joe had sturgill on yeah. twice well, his music is his music taste is impeccable in my book and then the culture wall thing too post malone i mean like yeah this guy knows what's up for sure yeah so i mean he's had zach bryan on like i said post yeah for sure and uh, he's friends with um uh gary clark jr who is like i love that style of music too man like that blues rock like soul driven stuff like that's any and everything that i like it usually has some kind of I guess like focal point that starts there, it may branch off and be something different, but yeah, like if you had to classify like my favorite kind of music, it's all that kind of stuff. Like the Gary Clark Jr. Like lets the instrument talk more so than his lyrics. And then you get into the song, you're like, oh damn, this guy's got good lyrics too. Like it's just a musician all around. And I think Joe using that platform to show that off, that's shows what kind of a, a person he is, man. I think that he's done so much for the music community. I do. I do love me some Gary Clark Jr. Though. Uh, sure. so, I don't think I've ever listened to it. There's another one you got to get into, Chris. I guess so, so. So Chris and I have had the conversation before about our 
I'm not going to say necessarily our first taste in music of what, you know, what we kind of grew up on. Um, well, yeah, I guess it kind of was, you know. So what, what, what did you, what, you know, riding around with mom and dad in the car, what was mom listening to? What was dad listening to? Oh yeah, man. So I always give my friends crap or my, excuse me, my friends give me crap because I'm like such a music head and I have zero musical talent myself, <laughs> but maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with it because I'm just like fascinated by it. But man, growing up, it was like our household was constantly music driven. And this is obviously, you know, I'm not a spring chicken, but I'm not old by any means. So like I got you, like I came up in like the CD era before like streaming and whatnot. So when I was a kid, you know, let's say five, six years old, all the way up till whatever, man, the first things I remember listening to like in rotation was like, we you know, when we were at home and my mom's like cleaning around the house. And I don't know if your parents were like this, but whenever mom put on that music, it was like, okay, now we're about to start cleaning this, do some spring cleaning right now, but we're going to jam out while we're doing it. Yep. So, um, yeah, like I'm man, Fleetwood Mac, like the Stevie Nicks is just always going to hold a, a deep spot in my heart. Like just number one, she's probably the most, in my mind, the most talented female artist of all time, maybe not the most biggest selling or whatever, but I think Fleetwood Mac was a huge thing. I remember, uh, believe it or not, Kid Rock. My dad was a huge Kid Rock fan. Uh, Leonard Skinner, uh, probably my favorite band of all time, as far as a band is concerned, is Bad Company. Bad Company was constantly being played. You know, Paul Rogers' voice is just I think maybe the best front man of all time. So yeah, I think everything that I can remember um was definitely like blues rock centered you know a little bit of everything but yeah mainly that and then obviously the hair bands too because my parents did grow up in the 80s so <laughs> shout out white snake <laughs> that's uh that's you know that's um, yeah i think chris and i've had almost the same conversation of you know uh dad would crank the crank the uh the rca up in the living room and had the tall ass speakers you know, with a big sub at the bottom, and oh yeah, if you were in bed and you heard that music crank up, you that that meant one thing. That meant that you know it was deep clean time, and here comes the vacuum sound, <laughs> the, the yeah. beat on the door, get up, and it's like shit. Then you got the freaking CD tower that's just as tall as the speakers right yeah. next to it with fifty CDs. <laughs> yeah, I, I still have my uh, I still have my CD binder. I'd have to find it, but I know I still have it somewhere in this house. And I, I, and the last time I looked through it, actually, it was right when we moved into the house here. And I looked through it, and I was like, "And there are some bangers in here. But there are also some like, like, ooh, I don't know mm -hmm. what I was thinking when I bought this." Oh yeah, man. Like I said, it comes in seasons. You're like, man, I was jamming this every day, and what? And like, you look back on it, like, oh my god, what was that? I actually bought a Crazy Town CD. I found my CD binder a while back too, and I went oh, through yeah. it. I have Crazy Town. Like, what's that song? Butterfly. Butterfly. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got butthole <laughs> surfers, and then there you go. A ton, a ton of mixed CDs we ripped off a of limewire. Oh yeah, man, for sure. Gave all the computers viruses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Every single yeah. Crazy just, underscore town underscore exclamation point star star star. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember. Uh, the, the fact that we can, the fact that we can sit here now and you can open up your phone and you can, you can basically find any damn song you want, almost any song on Spotify, uh, you know, 
at, at your fingertips is, you know, damn everybody near except for Garth Brooks. Yeah. yeah. But he's got bodies buried somewhere. So, man, yeah. please tell me you know about that story because yeah. I am a freaking. I it, Tom Segura is the funniest man to ever live. I've never missed an episode of your mom's house. I've saw his wife Christina uh, do stand up a couple months ago. Man, that is the funniest like ongoing joke possibly on the internet. So much so that this is like he's had to <laughs> Garth has had a had a team that blocks everyone associated with Tom. Not just Tom. I'm like imagine if that was your job title. Like, hey man you have to monitor my social media so that anybody related to Tom Segura can't have access to me. Yeah. can't say anything to me. <laughs> yeah. That is a, uh, that is probably one of the, uh, one of the top jokes that comes out of the, next level trolling. Yeah. just like every time, every time, you know, you're scrolling through TikTok and every time that story pops up, you watch it again because it makes you laugh. <laughs> Christian, what's up, bro? Oh, Tom Explain. Tom Segura has a running joke that uh, Garth Brooks has murdered many people and hid their bodies. And um, you can go back and look at places that Garth Brooks has played, and there are missing people in those cities. No shit. The, the joke started because Garth is such a massive superstar is so disconnected from the real world he has no like if you were to go ask him hey garth how much does a beer cost at one of your concerts he'd be like oh 30 cents or or a hundred dollars he has no he has no concept of like money because he's been such a big star for so long and then like the way that it came about is tom and his wife christina have a, a very very successful podcast um I've, honestly, if it wasn't for Joe Rogan, he would have the biggest podcast out of like any comedian. I think like the yeah. the whole your mom's house um, studio has like fifteen podcasters that work underneath them. I mean, he's a multi 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 millionaire. Um, but anyways, the uh, the joke started with him and Christina talking about like pulling up these videos, and Garth is just trying to connect with his audience and just says the most off the wall shit that makes makes no sense. <laughs> he's like. Uh, he made like a promo video a long time ago. I was like, "Hey, man, uh, Garth Brooks here. Hey, guys, we're gonna be uh, selling out arenas. <laughs> Let's get physical. Let's make music. Let's get wild." And like, it was just blank stare, nothing beyond the eyes. And then Tom and Christina just ran with that. Like, this is a serial killer, man. Like, where is he hiding the bodies? And it just spiraled from there. <laughs> They're probably not wrong. <laughs> and and. Chris and I have had this conversation. I'm not really that big of a Garth Brooks fan anyway. But he is he's also been trolled on um on the ticket. They they were they did a whole segment about him a few years ago um during the Super Bowl because they were uh I guess they were they had a rent car and it had Sirius XM and like it had the Garth channel on it. And they were just trolling how Garth just talked the entire time on there. Like, I was walking down a beach and there was a person there and they were making sandwiches. And that reminded me of this song. And it was just like completely random <laughs> shit that they, yeah. he was saying. And everybody was like, what does this even he, mean? And he calls himself Mr. Yearwood because his wife is, like, he's just so fucking weird. Like, I'm like, oh, can we cuss on here? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, sorry, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, well, I, that makes more sense now that I'm looking at Russ. <laughs> kind of into my own. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like uh, who says that? Like well, Mr. Yearwood, like, and he's just, I don't know, he's a goofball. But also one of the most, if not the most successful country artist ever, maybe behind George Strait. I don't know, but he's doing I, something right. He's, he's more successful than than George but popular yeah. probably i don't know it depends on who you ask it's it, it, it he is a very very successful but yes gil you are 100 correct he is completely disconnected from what the hell is going on in the world uh, <laughs> and and you know it kind of he kind of went kind of went on my one on my shit list because it was kind of a uh, um kind of off-putting when i opened up twitter one day and uh I can't read what that is. I don't know if like something's popping up. Are y'all oh. looking down I'm like <laughs> oh, I can't see it. Uh, Brian, Brian Brian's popping in. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's just too small on my screen to read. No, you're good. Uh but he made a comment. And no, 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 I'm sorry, he make a comment. Chris and I talked about this. The first thing I see on Twitter is him and Garth or him and Garth. Him and Trisha Yearwood talking about how we need to donate our money to Ukraine. Yeah. And I'm like the fuck? The fuck we do? Yeah. Like, it's are you, really. Are you seriously making a video telling us we need to donate our money? That's just like The Rock and Omar. Uh, Omar really? Oprah. Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> Omar. Yeah. Omar. <laughs> yeah, they've got enough money. Why don't they just donate it all on our behalf? And just right. Yeah. Let us get the tax benefit. Dog. I ain't got enough money for myself, much less Ukraine. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not even being political. I'm not giving money to fucking nobody. <laughs> I'm struggling to pay these uh, up and down gas prices y'all keep sending, y'all keep doing to the country. What do you think I'm going to try to send my money to somewhere I don't know where it's going? Mm. Facts. Um, Chris, got any questions? Or got any no, I'm just letting y'all go. Well, you're a part of the show too, dumbass. Well, I know. I'll put, I'll put my own two cents in. You know, okay, I've got a. Uh... We're not ghosting you, Brian. We're sorry. We're just kind of in deep conversation. Justin can't read the. Justin can't read the. the Justin can't read them. It very well may be my fault. It's just coming up like I. I can see the ticker and then I can't see anything else. So I don't. It's probably my fault on my end if I can't read it. But as many issues as we had before we started this, I'm not fucking touching anything. So yeah. (laughs) So funny story. I got a mic, right? You should. Need to turn it, by the way. Is that better? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so much better. <laughs> what fucking setting do I have it on? I don't know, I don't but just don't touch it anymore. You you should have seen the struggles that we went through to get this damn thing hooked up to this. And it's one cord that plugs into the USB. And I was like, I'm I'm about to, I'm about to throw this thing away. Oh, I'm about the, to take it the scarlet with a hammer. Huh? The the focus right, the scarlet? No, oh, no, okay. his microphone. My microphone. Oh, 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 I got yeah, you. I'm I, sorry. I, I got this shit working in five seconds, dude. I'm dude, good with that stuff. I freaking, that thing was for as, as long as I used it, it was perfect. And then like a lot of my buddies are musicians and stuff. So they helped me tweak it too. That thing is a little powerhouse and it was, you know, just freaking this big. I, I absolutely love it. But Russell struggled for weeks with his, what, three weeks, maybe I yeah, go over there. Yeah. I go to his house and in five seconds I had that thing working perfectly. What kind of mic is it? It's uh, a Samson. A Samson? Oh. 
I got a uh, Samsung Q2U, and his is like something else. It's got a little I, stand built in. I bought it at Best Buy. There you go. See, mine's got XLR cable and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. See, that's what I mean, because I've been the fancy mics, the regular mics. And dude, this one that I'm using right now is just that um sure uh what's the model of this? Like it's just the standard. Hold on. Sorry if this goes clipping, but I mean, like the absolute most basic mic that anyone uses at like any karaoke event or anything. I think I got this for like 60 bucks. Dude, this thing is an absolute like workhorse. Nothing ever messes up. I've dropped it from like arm length level a couple of times, you know, after you're getting a little bit having too much fun when you're recording. And I'm like, this thing doesn't even dent. It sounds like it works like a charm. I'm like, I should have just bought a fleet of these little bad boys instead of going for the fancy ones. These work right. better anyways. I know when right. I recorded my my little thing for Brian's 300, it sounded like it was completely like pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, I just recorded something and it was totally like fake. And I was like, I was really impressed the way this thing sounded. Yeah, man. And then especially like, I didn't mess with like the, um, uh, plugins and stuff. There's a bunch you can download like from the drivers and whatnot to where you can get into compression and equalization and all of that, which is, I, I nerd out on that stuff a lot as well. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that focus right thing is awesome. And then it has that second outlet where you can do, uh, like an instrument and a vocal. So, I mean, if you were, like I said, a musician, you could have a basically a full-on recording studio. If you had a software at your house, you don't need anything else. I mean, you're good to go right there. See, I have a problem with when we put our, when I actually do the audio version of this, putting it together, I have, I have a template that I made and I don't really deviate much from it. So I just kind of throw it together, but I would like to fix some audio imperfections but i'm like i really don't want to mess with what i got because i got a pretty good template right now for so. sure if it ain't broke don't fix it pretty much what? yeah i'm interrupted by a cat sorry <laughs> normal interruption for me when i yeah. record although although the uh this one last night when i got home from the damn cowboy game was freaking the fuck out like i had been gone for six years and I was like, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, I went to a game. I've been gone longer than this to go to work. Y'all picked so, a good one to go to, man. Brian says, yeah, it was. Brian says he needs to pick your brain, Justin, for a better setup at his house. Oh, man. Just let me know. I mean, I'll give you all the, the knowledge I have. There ain't much of it, but because... I don't know. I'm sure that y'all have gone through this stuff before because Chris, you've had your own show. Uh, Russ, you obviously have your own and then y'all are doing this together. My podcasting, I'm using that term loosely, it comes and goes, man. Like I have motivation and then like I'm like the worst podcaster of all time. I don't even know the last time I've recorded and then I'll get all these ideas and I'm like, oh, let's fucking go, dude. I'm going to record a hundred. And then I'm like, you get home from work and your other responsibilities and life smacks you. And I'm just like, dude, I no, not doing it today. But then it'll get a wave of emotion that makes you want to record. But yeah, I'm kind of in that. Uh, I'm kind of in the the former, not the latter stage right now, where this is the most podcasting I've done in months. Yeah, you, you know when 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 Chris and I, when when Chris decided to to uh, not do the burnout and we wanted to start this, I was like, yeah, let's do it, and. I would record my show every once in a while, but then like I got to the point now where I get more excited when I, we, when we record this show 
because it's yeah. fun to it's fun to talk sports, but you know, I don't. I get so frustrated watching some of these local sports now. And like right now, I, I, I don't want to see a Rangers tee right now. Mm. I mean, right Man, now they're right. winning, which I'm very surprised about, but you know, after Woo. this weekend series with Cleveland guardians like, whipped that ass, man, that was a humbling man. experience. <laughs> like you just, you just swept, you just swept a team that was in the damn wild car race against you. And then you come out and you just shit the bed. And it's like, mm-hmm. But I love the way that, like, with everything that's being said uh, and how much money we've spent and whatnot, I think the most underrated signing that we had was Bruce Bochy. I really like oh, the way that he sure. approaches this team. He gets – he because there's so many big names that are on the roster and, you know, all the stuff with um, uh, Young at the, the helm now. Like, dude, Bruce Bochy gets no love, and that man changed the complete – like, I mean, you can put all the pieces there, but he's the one who has to make them go out there every day, keep them motivated, you know, make it a team atmosphere. He gets zero love, and I don't understand that. He's an incredible head coach. Absolutely. 100%. I, I 100% agree. I And I, there was some promising news that they uh, got Josh Young back in the lineup. So, yes, um, that's going to be something that, you know, is going to be very uplifting for the team. Uh, uh, Adolis may be back soon. and. I've also seen that uh, – I don't know if you've followed the uh, the thriving career of Wyatt Langford, but yeah. holy cannoli, they say this dude is could get called up uh, to the big leagues this year now because yeah. he is just on fu- fucking fire. I keep my expectations low with that just because – any longtime Rangers fan knows the Jerickson and Profar story, the Willie Calhoun story. I'm like, man, if I hear one more, this guy's the next coming of Babe Ruth story that doesn't pan out, I'm going to lose my mind. So I just keep the expectations low, and then whatever happens, happens. Right. Well, Evan Carter, Evan Carter's played out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. And that's and one. Shoot, that's, I mean, Josh Young one. too. Oh my gosh, Josh Young, yes. Yeah. That See, with Rangers. With the Rangers, I usually hold expectation until August. Let's see what happens in August when they typically fall apart and see if the real Rangers show up or not. Yeah, and like there's – so, I I mean, I have two sports. If you can't tell, obviously, I'm the Dallas Stars, dude. I freaking love hockey. But to be honest, my first love and my true love is baseball. And, you know, like I played my entire life. I followed the Rangers – from the time I was a kid, um, it's just like you said, it's such a long, long season and there's so much that happens and baseball. I'm sure there's a lot like other um, like I'm not a huge NFL guy. I love college football. Um, it's literally what my entire Saturday consists of is college football, <laughs> but NFL, I'm not a huge, huge fan. I'm doing fantasy this year, so I'm kind of getting more into it. But baseball, there's such subtle intricacies that go to that go into everything every play every position change every shift every pitch count like i mean there's just so much that goes on if you miss a game or two you feel like what the hell am i watching when you come back because like you're like you don't understand like why is this dude you know giving him a hit and run sign on oh two uh why is you know why are they playing him short left field whenever he's a a pull hitter I, i but you don't you have to watch so many games consecutively and figure out what's going on or you feel lost. Yep. Whereas I feel like games like um, like football that I don't know that much, I'm like, okay, this is kind of, I feel like since it's just once a, a week type thing, I can consume a lot all at once. Whereas baseball, it's just like a longevity type thing and you can get lost so quickly. 
Yeah, that's there's a lot of people that go deep in baseball. And you know, the way they played in August was just absolutely garbage. Mm -hmm. And so it was, you know, it was a rough month. And but it's, you know, we're getting down to nut cutting time and it's, you know, it's time to put up or shut up right now because, you know, they're Houston's not losing and, you know, they got to keep winning to keep that wild card spot up there. And injuries are hurting them. And I think it could, that, Rotation could it could have it could have taken some less hits this year, but you know, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Just, just got to get to freaking postseason, man. Everybody starts out with zero wins. It's a whole blank slate, baby. Yeah, I. Um, you brought up college football. Um, we'll get into Brian's question here in shortly, um, but you brought up college football, and uh, I think us three were kind of the only three that kind of were chiming in on on the. Uh, on the YFB group message of uh, man, Colorado's Colorado has uh, been putting on man. a show, man. Neon freaking Dion, man! Mm-hmm. Holy cow! Like if you've never watched college football, this is the year to get into it because the Buffs are coming off of what one win last year and like thirty something new transfers, and then they're coming out three and zero, beating the BC or I mean the former whatever they went to the. BCS championship, the horn, God, the horn frogs. I couldn't think of the damn yeah. name. TCU. TCU. First game of the season, they end up taking them down. I'm like, oh my goodness. That's why I love college football. Cause I feel like things like that don't really happen at the professional level that much, where it's just like a complete Cinderella story. It shouldn't work, but it does. You know, March Madness, you see that a lot as well. Like, you know, North, South, Midwest, Eastern state makes it to the dance. And you're like, who the fuck is this team? And then they end up beating like Vanderbilt or something like yeah. that's what's cool about college sports. And it's funny. Cause you know, Chris and I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was Saturday was such a, like just a packed day of everything that you wanted to watch with. There was the NASCAR race. There was a UFC fight on, there was college football. So I was trying to keep up with everything. I'm texting Chris. I'm like, I need another TV in my room in here now. <laughs> like. I figured out a way to put it. I know, right? I'm going to have to move some things around. Um, but, and then they just get into an absolute drag race with Colorado State this past weekend to go into two overtimes. And I'm like, man, this is, this has been, this has been a fun start to college football, especially, uh, oh, yeah. Especially this storyline itself. Uh, definitely making a lot of things um, watchable. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, he did that. He did that. Where did he? Where did he coach last year? Um, Jacksonville State Jacksonville or State. something. Yes, Jack- Jack- yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I they're a team to watch. I mean, I'm going to watch my Aggies and cheer for my Aggies. They won this past weekend, but they played University of Louisiana Monroe. So I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. Hey, boost those standings, man. Run that shit up seventy five nothing. Right. Well, that I think. I think AM starts SEC play soon, like yeah, next week. Yeah. So I do love that though, like the uh, the NIL deals or whatever. Like that's kind of not kind of that's really changed the face of, of college football. I'm sure like I don't know if either one of your Alabama fans, I don't think so, but it's so nice to see like a maybe that's just the I don't know, the the underdog you know, in mentality in me, but like, it's so nice to see a, like a juggernaut like that, just take a gut punch and just lose, especially at the helm of, uh, you know, the old Longhorns hook them, baby. I know you don't like that Russ, but I've, 
love me some some Quinn Ewers, but like the fact that these deals are coming through where guys are like, I mean, yeah, it's cool to go play for Alabama and possibly win a championship, but I can also go to, like you said, Louisiana Monroe and get a Gatorade deal for three million. They don't care where they're playing at that point. They're like, no. dude, show me the money, but I'm just gonna stay healthy and go to the league. They yeah. don't care. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't think it. Uh, believe me, me and Chris were watching the Longhorn Alabama game, and I was doing my fair share of cheering as a as an Aggie fan that's in the SEC with Alabama. Uh, it was nice to see them lose, and I was you, I was pretty happy about that. Man, Brian so says his Texas Tech Red Raiders are mediocre. Yeah, yeah, that's putting it lightly. Tech's not terrible, but I mean, fun to watch them. Yeah. But man, uh, I was just in Fredericksburg. Uh, Casey and I were a couple weeks ago, actually, on that Alabama game, and um, we were down there just chilling in that area. I don't know if y'all have ever been, but it's just like a beautiful. Okay, so it's a cool little downtown kind of old school winery vibe. But we found like a sports bar, and we're right next to Austin. I mean, you're freaking stones throw away. So I didn't even think about that. I go in there with the intention to watch the game and I'm just flooded with blood or with burn orange. I'm like, okay, let's go. And then to see all those people there cheering against Alabama. And there was like that one token Alabama fan. That's like, you're a bunch of t-shirt fans. I'm like, you're in Fredericksburg. What are you doing over here? Go to, yeah. aren't you supposed to be in Tuscaloosa or something right now? Like, what are you talking about? Hold that yeah. L. Yeah. I kind of felt that last night. So it's okay. Yeah, he had to he had to eat that he had to eat that uh, L last night, which uh, I didn't rub it in too bad. But Casey's uh, in our uh, fantasy league team, and she has the Jets defense, so that was just a very slow and painful death last night watching that. (laughs) Mm. They did not hold up like I thought they were going to. I'll just say that. And I don't know if it was such a bad thing on their defensive stance, or the Cowboys are just looking good. I think it might be a little bit of both. Man, I don't know. One, section 133 is filled up tonight. I don't know if y'all know the story about Section 133 at the Ranger games, but they just showed Section 133. It uh-huh. is packed right now at the Ranger game. I have Truthfully, I haven't even been to the new stadium. I've been to Texas Live so many times, I have not seen one Ranger game uh, at the new stadium. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very nice. Um, I'm, I'm a, not a... Chris and I both agreed, and I, I'm not a huge indoor baseball fan. Um, yeah, but it does beat the hell out of of you know not sitting in the hundred and tens in the summertime. Yeah, when it's you know when it's you know ninety ninety nine and a hundred outside, and you walk in there in the air conditioning, and it's you know yeah seventy five and you know chilly. Oh yeah, you and I have been to a couple games where we freaking get roasted in those stands. I'm like, man, this oh, is yeah. for the birds. I'm dying, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we did one here because your wife passed out in the stands. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm like, man, by the time you get a beer, by the time you get a beer and go back down to your seats, I'm like, man, this thing is hot. Yeah, like, it's yeah that's why. It, so it's like a, it's a double edged sword. You're getting a beer to drink it, but it's so freaking hot, you got to slam it. So next thing you know, you're getting hammered and you're like going back and forth to this concession stand. It's just a a great idea for everyone involved. Yeah, you're waiting on the beer guy to come back by. <laughs> Uh, I went in April and I went in August and in April they actually opened the roof. It was a night game and uh, it got chilly. Yeah. They had the air conditioning on and it's still kind of chilly outside and they opened the roof and it's, it's funny when they do it, it's like a huge vacuum. It just sucks everything out. So the wind picked up and it wasn't even windy outside. It was the weirdest 
thing I experienced. And then, you of course, got chili. I got chili. <laughs> you I got any bitch. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that's one of the only bad things about being a baseball fan in Texas. It was man, it, it does get miserable hot out there. But now they've got that taken care of. And oh my god, I mean, we're spending so much money on everything else. They might as well go get us a state of the art stadium. But uh, it, the old ballpark in Arlington will always hold a soft spot in my heart. That's oh, for sure. That is a beautiful sight. Josh Jung coming to the plate. Uh, hey, um, yeah, I was there when they had the roof open for. I can I can say I I I can personally say I witnessed history. I was at the game that Aaron Judge broke the home run record, <laughs> and you know, unfortunately, it was against us. Uh, but I was there. I saw it, and uh, it was. It, it, they um i think it was in the 80s outside that night and so mm-hmm. we got there early we got jessica and i got to our seats and um they you know like they start they start playing the rick did they do did they do oh did he just hit no uh when you went chris did they play the rick flair theme the yeah that's yeah. what they did when they opened it it was kind of funny i was <laughs> i was like that's cool was like, they just kept looping it yeah, I was like, "Is Ric Flair here?" And I was like, "I'm, I'm the one up? that went woo," and I was yeah. like, "Oh wait, nobody else is doing that." You know where Ric Flair did go last year? The Stars game to go support those Dallas Stars. Yeah, that was pretty, <laughs> that, that was so pretty awesome. funny, dude. My phone because they, I guess they showed it on TV or whatever. Man, I had a hundred text messages in five seconds. They're like, "Are you at the game? Can you go see him?" I'm like, "Dude, if I was, I would be like outside that suite, like Mr. Flair." Yeah, exactly. I don't really know who you are, but all my friends do. So I'm going to take a picture for them. <laughs> yeah. I want to just say I have this. Oh, my God. Hey, this I've been to been a live it. wrestling. I've been to two live wrestling matches, things, Events. whatever they're called. Events. There you go. Yeah. I, I went with Russ and uh, Corey. Went to Monday Night Raw, I think. Yes. Why are you yeah, just. This has been the almost ugly lost in wonderment last minute of a football game i have ever seen in my life they just had three turnovers in one play oh my god i got uh i forgot who's playing who's on my team i got somebody playing right now let me check my app here so pittsburgh's playing right now aren't they kenny pickett had the ball he passes it to 89 i don't know who 89 is uh ward 21 from the browns smacks the fuck out of him the ball goes flying the browns pick it up then the browns fumble then the pittsburgh guy picked it up and then he fumbled it and then the ball went out of bounds what <laughs> the fuck was that that was Bad the news ugliest, that was the ugliest right? like 30 seconds of football i've ever seen and <laughs> whoever he hit i don't know who 89 is on the uh on the steelers but I'm pretty sure he got broke ribs because he got up and he was holding his chest like, oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> so Brian says he's never been to a live, I guess, match. Stone Cold Truth. Uh, me either. I wanted to, to go to WrestleMania. No, I wanted to go to WrestleMania and I thought we were going to get tickets to it last year, but we didn't. So uh russ obviously is a big fan and then my my buddy Corey was a huge fan for a long long time and they were like asking to go i'm like dude i don't know literally anything about wrestling but i will happily go and i had the time of my life these fans y'all were lit like i mean everyone there was kids there was like freaking 60 year old men girls i mean it was like everyone was in it i'm just over here going like 
Oh my god, this is a wild event right now. We're doing like the hand motions and different things from people coming out, and Justin's like looking at everyone and looking at everybody like, "What the hell are y'all doing? What's yeah. going on?" I've got Corey on my right hand side, who's six two, you know, at the time two fifty. I got Russ on the other side of me, and then I'm in the middle, and they're like screaming, like, "Oh, this guy, he freaking!" I'm like, "Dude, I can't even hear you, man. I'm just clapping and just ripping beers. Let's have a good time." <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that. They are fun to go to. Um, yeah, it was a good time, man. Some other ones that you know, some a question that was brought up to us by uh, um, Brian. Uh, he he wanted he wanted to know uh, any thoughts on thoughts on O'Malley winning the championship and any other MMA prospects you are following. Oh yeah. You know, I stay strapped with the, with the prospect talk. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like I was, a y'all, Brian always likes to give me crap because I was a, a big Sean O'Malley fan forever ago. I think 2017 is when I saw him on the Dana white contender series. Um, and he was always like, I guess eccentric is the putting it lightly. Yeah. And admittedly back then I was a huge, huge, huge fan of his. Um, I loved what he brought to the sport. I was kind of in the hangover phase of McGregor on the way out and wanting the next superstar. And this guy was like six foot tall, lanky and in the 135 pound division, uh, got Irish blood, hence O'Malley, you know, tatted up, got the Bob Ross fro. He can talk, uh, Snoop Dogg loves him. I'm like, man, this guy has just got it. And I was telling all y'all for so long. And then he just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little jaded about it because he took, he, he became everything I didn't want him to be. Um, and not in the sense of as a fighter, he's obviously reached the pinnacle of, of mixed martial arts. And if it's hard to kind of separate his uh, persona away from his skill set. And regardless of what anybody thinks about him, the guy is unfucking believable. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter from the, the Cheeto fight to uh, Piotr Jan to Aljamain. I mean, he, he's the real deal. But he's just become, he's this new, he's this new phase, this new era of athlete. I think it just, I think that the term athlete spreads amongst all sports where he's focused on his likeness first and yeah. then his, his capabilities second, which how can you get mad at somebody for that? Right. The, selfishly, I do because I'm like, at a certain point, you, you hey, you made your point. Just shut up and let your skill set talk. But then I'm like, that's kind of me being a hater because him acting that way got him to where he was supposed to be, and that's why everybody talks about him. That's right. why he has all these subscribers. So to me, I just kind of sit back and shut up. Um, I think there's the best thing to do, and uh, what Brian was asking the second part of that question, finding a prospect finding a, even like a, a musical artist that's like on the rise, like, like on the come up, that's the most exciting time in anything because you get to see them when they're raw, when they're not polished, when they're not getting the billions of dollars. So you get to see kind of a better idea of maybe who they are and like, they're still hungry for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I love that for O'Malley. I'm glad that he got the belt. I think it's great for the division because Aljo is too, way too big to be 135. So he's going to go up there, 145. Hopefully they let him fight Volk. Um, 135 has a bunch of nasty matchups now. I mean, obviously Cheeto and the entire division, there'd be a great, Dana can do a lot. And yeah. Dana is so fired up that you won. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's some other uh, prospects that are coming up. There's actually another guy, um, let me find I don't even know his name off the top of my head. He was a, uh, he just had his debut a couple weeks ago. He's um, a former cage warriors champ, which 
basically cage warriors is a um overseas uh fight organization i couldn't think of the word so like you know one fc is the, mm-hmm. the big asian one and um invicta is all female but um over there cage warriors that's where michael bisping came from that's where connor came from that's where patty pimblett came from uh, my f- biggest guy that i've been telling y'all to watch i think i put it in the group chat his name is luke riley and um he hasn't made his debut there was another guy that i can't remember his name but it's not a big deal but the one guy that y'all need to remember here at first luke riley he's still in cage warriors the dude's a beast i think he's like 145 super super eccentric but he's more like uh was it i'm trying to read that but i can't he said the world <laughs> needs, was, he said the world needs to watch ian gary as well i was gonna let you oh, finish your yeah. thought and i was gonna read it out oh you're good yeah the world's been looking at ian gary he's he's good i mean he is what it is just kind of i think everyone here is uh trying and rightfully so they're just clawing and grasping at being connor 2.0 so they're like over exaggerating everything and i lost a lot of respect for ian when he started talking that way about neil magny it's neil magny neil magny's been in the neil magny's been in the ufc longer than you've been alive shut up he's like trying to poke the bear and make it political and and race driven i'm like i I can't i can't deal with that dude i'm getting old in my 30 years on this planet i just i'm like i just don't have my brain just stops i'm like I can't deal with that, man. It bothers the shit out of me. I was uh I, Brian I, says he undoubtedly, undoubtedly I, I do have a uh I do have a found hatred for Israel <laughs> Israel Adesanya. Um but I, I really I really that really stepped up a, a bit a, a bit when he pulled his little shit with yeah. the pressies after that fight. And I'm like, that's just you just looked really 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 stupid and i was i was happy to see strickland humble his ass for five rounds and man dana has got himself a smorgasbord of champions right now from from o'malley to strickland like he has got some some characters across the board holding those belts and he's his pr team over there at the ufc their asshole is this tight every time that a press conference happens they're like oh god don't say something that's gonna ruin the company yeah well, jesus well, don't say that don't say it. please don't say that please don't say that <laughs> see that is but, one sport no matter what i just i can't follow i don't know if it's because i don't have time or what like i'll go to russ's house i'll watch it if they say if y'all say hey man this fight's on i'm if i'm at home i'll i'll throw it on espn plus and i'll watch along with you but i've got no idea what's going on don't care i just watch it for the knockouts and the submissions hey and dude there is nothing wrong with that at all i completely get it and even to this day i have friends that i have begrudgingly drug into being a ufc fan i'm like you're gonna watch this fucking fight with me dude like back when i was a kid and i had to scrape together my uh, couch cushion money to buy a 50 dollars pay-per-view back in the day i'm like y'all are gonna come over here and we're gonna watch this damn fight but uh so i have a bunch of friends that have like kind of become fans by osmosis of just being around me and trying to explain it to them even after all these years just understanding the intricate details that come with like takedown defense and when you're on the ground okay is this guy good in his guard is he trying to pass guard does he have a good uh is he a rubber guard player did he go to eddie bravo's 10th planet like i mean there's so many things kind of like the baseball thing we were talking about if you don't 
follow it and you don't understand what's going on, it could come off as being super, super boring. And like, what are they doing? They're just holding each other, which in a sense they are, but it's like a human chess match because one false move and a grown man is choking the life out of you. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what I like. I don't mind the, the intricacies and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just the backstory, like, okay, I follow NASCAR and drag racing and all this other kind of stuff. So I, I, I'm like you in that sense with that stuff. So I know all the backstories. I know all the shit talk behind the scenes. I know who likes him and who doesn't. So I get it. But when it comes yeah. down to the fighting, it's just knock his ass out. Let's see what happens. Yeah. That's just kind of. Dude, hey, you ain't got to explain nothing to me. I completely get it. Because there's some fights where I love these guys. And I'm like, after three rounds of them just staring at each other, I'm like, okay, I can't handle this. I got to change it. Because you get bored sometimes. But yeah, I, I completely understand. For those that don't know, C.B. Buckner is behind the plate at the Ranger game. The absolute fucking worst umpire in Major League Baseball. Uh, Angel Hernandez would say, hold my called strike right there. <laughs> yes. So, as you mentioned earlier, you are a huge Stars fan. What is your outlook on this season? You think they can actually go all the way this time? Man, for as all, all the good things that have been said about Chris Young and the front office for the Texas Rangers – the way that Jim Nill, who's the GM of the Dallas Stars, and he has been for like the last 10 years, the way that he handles this team is unbelievable um, in the sense where there was a um, – so our draft class from I think it was 2018, I want to say, uh, that came out. It was Jason Robertson, Miro Haskinen, Jake Ottinger. We drafted all those people at the same time. Those are three perennial all-stars right now. Yes. So like, and those are the things that are like, he did that and had the foresight to see that so long ago. All three of those guys played different positions. You know, one's a forward, one's a defenseman, one's obviously a goalie. So, I mean, very, very pivotal parts. He covers all the, all the aspects there, but him drafting people like that in that, it, that opens up so many doors for us because you don't have to, trade for those players you don't have to sign them in free agency you don't have to give up massive contracts because they're homegrown you know like those are our guys and so we we groomed them up to being these incredible players and with that having the extra money because we drafted them we don't have to go sign them uh you know through free agency or whatever we can go make those big moves we can go get the you know matt duchanes we can go get the uh joe pavelskis and things like that which are I feel like those things go understated because if you're just a, you know, a casual fan, which I get it, we're in Texas, 99% of us are casual hockey fans. I'm the freaking weirdo, but, um, you are the one like, percenter. It's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But like doing like having all those big names here, people don't care how they got here. They're just glad they're here, you know? And it's right. cool when you know the behind the scenes and all the stuff that we've done to put us in this position. Um, so I do, man, I swear they're going to, if things go according to plan, they're definitely going to be at least a two to three round. Um, I'd say a shoe in knock on wood, but uh, yeah, we've got a guy coming up this year too. Uh, his name's Logan Stankoven or, or Stankoven. I don't know how to pronounce the name I'm telling y'all here before the season starts, come back to this episode. And that, that, that's a bad, bad man. And he's like 19. So it's crazy. I'm, I'm excited. Pre-season starts soon. Next week or this week, yeah. maybe. 
I'm not sure. <laughs> As I'm looking at my Dallas Stars background. It's all right. I got Packers on mine. Hey, there you go. He had a Jets shirt on yesterday. He's got a Packers shirt on today. I well, can't make up his mind. Okay, I was only wearing the Jet shirt to troll your ass. That's no, it. No, you bought that Jet shirt because you have a homosexual crush on Aaron Rodgers. I do have a man crush on Aaron Rodgers. All right. R.I.P. the Achilles. Yeah. Oh, when that, see, I was at work, right? And Russ just blows up my phone. Of course, it's turned off. And then I get it. You know, I turn my phone on. We get stopped. And I turn my phone on and. I got 50 text messages from Russell and then Facebook blows up like somebody check on Chris, see if he's okay. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Somebody please explain to me what's going on. And I, I finally text him. Yeah. I finally text him and he's like, Oh dude, Aaron's hurt. And I look at it, Twitter. I'm like, Oh shit. Oh. I said, I saw it as soon as calf balled up. I was like, yep, yeah, that's Achilles. Yeah, that, that slow-mo video. Oh. God, and he's not a he's not a spring chicken either, man. No, that's gonna he's, be a he's our age. He God. is he is absolutely hilarious on Pat McAfee's show, though. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love Pat, man. Him and Aaron, their relationship kills me. Yeah, that is. Man, that's, mean, that's, that's a pairing I never thought I would ever see. Right. I, that, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays are awesome. And Aaron Rodgers kind of did the complete opposite of the career ascent that, than what we were just talking about. You know, like there was the Sean O'Malley's that had to go dye his hair this color and go talk all this crap. And then he then he became a superstar. Aaron was the freaking man for years. And then we get to see this side of him, what, the last, what, three years or so? Like where yeah. all this has really came out? Like, yeah. I mean, Aaron, you can't deny first ballot hall of famer incredible top 10 quarterbacks you'll ever see in a lifetime doesn't matter if you're a packer fan or not like and then you just see all this goofy stuff about him he's friends with like rogan and and pat mcafee and he's going on doing all those uh barstool interviews and stuff he's like who taking, is this dude taking ayahuasca trips and <laughs> yeah you know i mean I'm surprised. Like, the dude i wouldn't is- be surprised if he trips on shrooms Dude, that that kills me. Like one of the best quarterbacks ever, just on his free times. Like, hey man, I'm gonna go into the into the woods with a shaman and just get lit up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just just absolutely just absolutely kills me. His 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 show with Rogan is still one of my favorites, just because you get to see you get to see an absolutely complete different side of Aaron Rodgers, and that's the and that's when I I've always disliked him. I mean, because he's always had the Cowboys number, but. Oh, yeah. Like you, you, you learn about the dude as a person and you're like, okay, the, he's, you know, he's maybe he's a douche to his family, but he might have a reason <laughs> to be. Yeah. He might have a reason to be, you know what I mean? Like he might have a reason to be a douche to his family. They, live in, Cal- they, they live in California, you know, they're maybe they're hardcore liberals. Who knows? Three sides to every story, right? Mm-hmm. You see what Brian put Russ? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so he says, JG, since you love since you love music but lack abilities, if you could, which would you want to play with mad skills? Acoustic guitar, Fender Strat, or Dobro like Oliver Anthony? Oh man. That's a good question. I think if oh, I shit, had the ability button. to play any instrument, it would be either drums or keys. Because I feel like um 
being like a, an awesome guitar player and everything, I feel like that's um, an incredible talent, but they're kind of a dime a dozen. Um, I feel like if you're like, hey, I'm going to play music, the first thing you gravitate towards is I grab a guitar. You know what I mean? Uh, whereas I feel like as I've gotten deeper into loving music, there's so many instruments that are like, you see them at a lot of concerts and whatnot, but you don't understand how difficult they are to play. And a lot of the songs that we've all come to know and love in, in any genre, the bass line is what drives it, whether that be from a bass guitar, uh, you know, actual drums, a percussion of some sort. I think that that is like such a cool thing because you don't really notice it until you strip it away. Like, um, who's some of your favorite? You like Limp Biscuit, right? Yeah. You wouldn't think about the drums in a Limp Biscuit song until they're taken away and how much right. they like add to it. So I feel like learning to do that and then seeing the guys that have, you know, to, to have the dexterity to control four limbs at one time, all doing different things, you know, two feet, two arms, trying to keep a beat, everything's doing something different. Wild to me like that, that, that'd be so cool to play the drums and then, uh, keys, like, you know, whether that be piano, keyboard, whatever, I feel like that's something also that I've just really come to like a lot lately. Um, I mentioned I'm really into like blues and soul, like rock stuff. I think that that's such like a, for lack of a better term, I feel like it's a very beautiful instrument, you know, like old school, like, I mean, since the dawn of time, like freaking Mozart was banging on ivory, you know what I mean? Like playing mm -hmm. the keys or the organ or something like that. I feel like that's a, a cool instrument that doesn't get a lot of love. Sing us a song, you're the piano man. See, for me, for me, it'd be the harmonica. Really? Yeah. You know, that's actually probably one of the easiest instruments to play because they come tuned for you. You they have like a, a kit of them and they're like in a different key. So you'll buy one like comes with different ones that will be like in the key of E. You just have to learn how to do your breath. You could probably learn how to do that pretty quick. I am tone deaf, my friend. Completely. Yeah, on the next empty slate, I want there to be a harmonica section for sure. <laughs> Put that focus right to to work and just compress that bad boy down. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of agree with Justin. I, I, there's something about the drums that, you know, you have to respect. I've, I, I love the Foo Fighters and, and you, and you go watch, you go watch Dave Grohl. I know he's the lead singer now, but you, you go watch some of Dave Grohl play the drums in nirvana and then you go watch um uh dave oh god not dave um the drummer that passed away for the foo fighters then you go back and you watch some oh, of his uh taylor uh taylor yes. hawkins taylor hawkins yes uh his kid dude yeah. that is such a kick-ass video that i got goosebumps thinking about that right now that yeah. was the that right there is why i love music like you could give that to somebody, like you said, that's tone deaf, who's never even heard of the Foo Fighters, doesn't know any of the background of who Dave Grohl is to see that, bro, that's, it's Insane. the universal language. It's the universal language, man. It's just like speaks to something on a, on a visceral, like freaking, I don't understand how to put it into words level. It's just like something you deeply feel. And that's wild to me that you can, you can achieve that through an instrument. And yeah. the fact the kid was able to hold all that with such composure and not lose his shit in the middle of the set. I was, I was blown away when I saw the video. I was like, I would be up there just water, just running all over the kit. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was pretty, that, that was, was pretty very touching. Uh, Dave had a harder time than the kid did. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, golly. 
and he nailed that too. I mean, he oh, nailed yeah. that to a freaking T, man. Like it was not even close. Like did did, did the kid did not miss a step. I mean, mm-hmm. not a not anything. It was like, damn, man. Like you know, his dad is like sitting there, like proud as shit right now. And then the song they had him play. Yeah, there goes yeah. my hero. I'm like, bro. First time, the first time me, I watched man. that, I was, the first time I watched that, I was like, you, I, the goosebumps were like. I was like, dang, man, y'all are killing me. See, moments like that, yes, they're they're clearly very few and far between, and they're obviously terrible circumstances. But I think that's why I always, 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 always go back to telling everybody how much I enjoy seeing live music, seeing performances, because there's something you don't get from just listening to it of course you'll you know you enjoy the music whether you're streaming it or playing it on a vinyl but whenever you see the artist up there that you know maybe they wrote the song maybe they co-wrote it maybe it was just something that they enjoyed and they were like hey man i want to record this and somebody else wrote it for them whatever it may be seeing their interpretation of what started out as words on a piece of paper and you know like seeing it just play out in real life and like them actually performing it you know that's to us we hear it over and over when you know whether it be in the car or at home but like when they're in front of you playing the music and there's five or six people there making it a full band type thing and you can just see their emotions you're like you can't replicate that there's something there's something like i don't even know how to word that it's like primal when you're there you're like oh my god dude this is fucking it's like inject that in my veins man <laughs> right you know i was over at russ's house what a couple weeks ago yeah and we were just youtube and stuff and then you know i asked him about if he saw the the cheshire bennington tribute if if everybody if anyone knows me knows i'm a huge lincoln park fan a huge fan of chester bennington and i was really really shaken to the core when i found out he had died and then I watched the the tribute and they started playing numb instrumental and the entire crowd sings it word for word on key, just on point. I cannot watch that without tearing up. Oh yeah. Like at all. And uh that that's that to me, that's how I can relate to music. It I mean that shows how many how many people related to his music too you know i mean not just me but millions of people yeah and you know mike is mike shinoda is that his Mm -hmm. name Uh yeah like the way that he he plays the keys didn't even think about that till just now (laughs) but like the way that he had to i mean he you gotta think he could literally 50 50 give chester basically i mean like that chester made his career like if there's no chester bennington there's no lincoln park right um, yeah. granted you could say the same thing about mike but could you imagine like going out on stage without your lead singer without your screamer without the the right hand man that got you to where you are and try to keep it composed and play just the instrument to a, a arena of tens of thousands of people and try to keep it together and not cry, not miss a note and have them sing every word back to you that your best friend was singing all those years. Like that is just, I don't know, man, music does stuff to, it it meets you where you're at. It hits people at different times. It, it can mean things to you one minute that 
you know, don't, it won't the next, depending on where you're at in your point in time, you know, like there's, okay, numb, you probably your first instant, your your first memory of that song is probably as a teenager, you know, jamming out in your car. Yeah. Or something. Um, I went to Hastings and I got the Meteora CD and went to my room and played it. And there was not, it what? Nothing. I was being smart. Oh, there was not a skipped track on that entire album. Oh, yeah. Every single song on that CD is a hit. Yeah. And you remember that you went and bought that with your hard earned money. You came home to your CD player and you put it in. Like, you probably remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, I did not steal that album. (laughs) And then that same album, you know, you're however old you are right now brings you to tears watching a tribute on youtube like yeah. that's fucking crazy to me man that, that's fact, so like what else can do that to you you know <laughs> that's, in fact it's in my library on spotify yeah um we're we're back on the subject of music which was a nice, nice roundabout there um, like a record so we uh so we just recently lost uh charlie robinson um any 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 favorite Charlie Robinson songs, Justin? You know, to be honest, like I, I know this is sacrilege to say, I wasn't a huge Charlie Robinson fan, mm. but I was a, I was a fan of, and am a fan of what he did for the Texas scene. I'm not gonna say Texas country, but like the Texas music scene. Like there was just every part of a Randy Rogers tune, Josh Abbott tune, Wade Bowen. Uh, I mean, should even the red dirt guys like Cody Canada, like there's influences of Charlie there is. And like, he kind of paved the way he did so much for it. And like to hear how he went out to, wasn't it? Um, cardiac arrest. Didn't he get Mm -hmm. sick like a year ago? That's just, that sucks, man. And he was performing like up until, I mean, a year ago, two years ago, I I think he, uh, yeah, he, he ended up getting sick and. He had to have a procedure done, which no, I'm still recording. We're live on YouTube, so you're famous. Um, he had to have a procedure done, which made it to where he couldn't sing anymore. Um, I think it was a year, that's right, a year or two ago, and um, and then yeah, just you know, I mean, honestly, honestly, what that's got to do to a man's mental health when that's all you've done your entire life, yeah. you know, oh God, it, man. It, it is is especially when it's because of medical procedure that didn't go the right way. That's at least to my understanding, but yeah, very sad that we, you know, lost him. Um, Brian said, uh, Brian chimed in on the messages said, first time I heard hybrid theory, I was in New York. WH band, WHS band was playing at Macy's and I was in all the whole trip. Just it's a good album. I mean, there's not, there's not really anything, um, there's not really a bad Lincoln Park album. Uh, no, I was you know, telling Russ, uh, "One More Light." I think was a suicide note. The entire album, man. That's if you like, listen to it, it's a cry for help. And you know, looking back, obviously in hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, not not to deviate from where you're going because yes, that I I do agree with that point for sure, but. Maybe you guys, you were y'all were um, in your more formidable years in the '90s when the grunge era was was in full effect. I was a literal baby when that was happening. But like, 
looking back on those guys now um, in their later years, like I think Lane Staley's voice, who's the lead singer of um, uh, Alice in Chains, I think that his voice, like you said, it's maybe not in the lyrics, but like his, the way that he delivered his songs was a cry for help. And he, you know, OD'd on heroin. Uh, Chris Cornell, um, mm -hmm. uh, Scott Weiland. Um, I mean, my God, the only one that's left is Eddie Vedder. Like from that whole era, I mean, that you got to think Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Scott Weiland, he's gone. Alice in Chains, Lane Staley, he's gone. Chris Cornell, Soundgarden, he's gone. Uh, Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, Kurt he's gone. I, I mean, what are the odds that these guys that are putting so much like raw emotion and like it, there was nothing pretty about that music. It was just, just raw. And look how all that played out in the end you know it's you you love it at the time you praise them for what they're doing but like you at the same time you're like dang maybe we were just blind to what was trying you know maybe really going on i, I could be wrong but it makes you think and, and then uh according to uh, a lot of the people i've seen on facebook uh eddie vetter and pearl jam just put on two hell of a, two hell of a shows at uh, dickie's arena this past weekend um and yeah you know, still, still doing it, you know, still jamming, still rocking out, doing two shows, uh, you know, live in Texas. That's, you know, for a band like last that to still be touring and kicking ass like that is uh, pretty cool. Last of the Mohicans, man. There's no music yeah. like that anymore. They literally are carrying the torch. That is, he is the last one. <laughs> Evan Carter just hit a triple if anybody cares. Nice. Brian said, hopefully, hopefully that was, or hopefully that is not prolific for Prof Anthony. what did i say prophylactic yeah <laughs> i didn't say that saying Profet he wants to go home I hope he's Either not way, no it's not that's not what it means brian that's he's not he doesn't want to go home to the uh the clouds or whatever he believes in i'm not but I'm not. see but also like on that I just went on that big long rant about how maybe it's a cry for help or whatever. The music I have been diving into so much lately is such a lyric driven, like I'm more into like the, the songwriting aspect as of recently, as opposed to, you know, just something that you can play on the radio. There's no, no hate for any of that music, whatever, you know, Florida Georgia line made a living off of it, but I've been doing these deep dives on these songs that are like, it's almost like poets that have just, you know, a melody with it. And I've shown Russ half of them, but, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be jamming these guys and find myself, you know, whatever cleaning the house or driving. And then I'm just like staring off into space. I'm like, man, whatever this guy or girl was writing down and whatever, uh, vision they had for somebody to consume their music. It was probably that because I mean, it just stops you dead in your tracks and you're like, what the hell you next thing you know, you're on Spotify, you're looking up the lyrics, you're looking up who wrote it. You're looking up what else did they do? That is what's where my music taste has gone as of recently. You know, I'm just kind of more into the, the deeper dive type things and the searching for, music that'll make you stop dead in your tracks as opposed to just wanting to put it on your workout playlist or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, thank you for, uh, uh, Matt Williams. I did, I did a little deep dive on Matt Williams and damn, that's, he's got some pretty good stuff. Mountain goes so hard. That is yeah, such a good That's song. a great one. I did like, uh, the, the $42 one I thought was pretty good too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good little jam. 
Hell, I got to thank you for Tyler Childers. You turned Dad me on to that. And Tyler a lot too. I know Russ likes Tyler. Or were you thinking Dude. Russ? Uh, I'm kind of over Tyler right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. A lot of a lot of that. A lot of people think that over that video, but that no, was a powerful I, no, no, song and video. Have nothing to do with the video. I just there's a lot of things that are kind of weird. Like you know, <clears> you hear a lot of people that say when they go to his shows, like he doesn't play any of the. He barely plays any of the songs that you know got him to where he's at now. And like a lot of people say that he just plays nothing but his you know, new stuff and he doesn't play anything that, you know, got him to where he is now. Now that's all hearsay. And you know, that's what people say. I don't know. He's coming to town. Yeah. Next year. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm kind of torn on that because I totally see where you're coming from Russ. Cause I was a, am still a, you know, a diehard Tyler Childers fan from the purgatory album, you know, live at red barn. I mean, yeah. Sturgill pr- produced, um, you know, live at, I mean the uh, purgatory album, uh, country squire and his most recent one take my hounds to heaven like the the amount of talent in that dude's body is just unbelievable but like what you said if he's going to a show right now and you're wanting to hear white house road or um uh, banded clovis or something like that those songs are literally about him being in the deepest darkest depths of his addiction right and like i have both remorse for people that want to go hear that, but I also have profound respect for somebody that can, you know, leave that as a chapter in their life that did what it was supposed to do for them. He overcame yeah. it. And like, so I, I, I completely get both sides, but yes, as a consumer, you know, after 14 Coors Yellow Bellies, I'd probably be like, White House Road, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear you, but like, you know, I can see where he's coming from. That's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've said this before there's a lot of artists out there that I'd try not to put their political views in and interject that into their, into the, into their music, because just like the same thing with um, TV stars, movie stars, athletes, I try and if I, if I, if I like their stuff, I try not to put their politics into it because it, it, it'll, it'll sour you a little bit on some of that stuff. And like Chris yeah. said, Oh, well, it's just a video. I'm like, I didn't really care about the video the video. I, I, I don't watch music videos that often. I like the song. Um, it's a and, very powerful you know, video. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it is what it is. You know, I don't, people are like, Oh, he's promoting homosexuality. Who cares? Like, Man. like I said a thousand times before, I don't give a shit what you do in your bedroom. Right. Not to sound like callous or like I'm too good for anything. I just I don't fucking care about a lot of things. Like I have like 10 things in my life that I care about. It's like my family, hockey, college football, UFC, music, food. And like I just don't care about that much else. Like I like, I mean, you can you can find a problem or find something to be angry about in any avenue of life. God dog. What in the world? Yeah, sorry. Welcome to the empty slate. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Does this happen uh, often? Every episode. <laughs> uh, Kenny Pickett's shoulder just popped out of place, and they popped it back Ugh. in, and now he's going for a two-point conversion. Kenny Pickett, mm. you are the man. They showed Ow. that, and, and you saw that bitch pop out. And he went to the sidelines and he popped it back in. Hey. And now he's just fumbled the ball. 
All right, we're wrapping up. I guess we're hey, wrapping up. I'm on y'all's timeline. You tell me, man. We we normally we normally keep them about an hour, and sounds like uh, sounds like somebody's got to go. Yeah, it's 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 shower time. Oh, shower time. Oh well. Uh, you know what, Justin? I think that uh, as our first guest, uh, you get the uh, dashboard Jesus wiggle of approval. And I appreciate that. Didn't ask for a better person to, to, to sign me off than old Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, well, wait, Justin, I know you don't really record that often, but if you want to <laughs> plug your show, plug it. Yeah, guys. Well, first off, I appreciate y'all having me on. I didn't even realize I was the first guest. I'm pretty much a terrible podcaster and don't really listen to many podcasts in the first place, but I appreciate y'all having me on. That's super awesome. I had a great time. Um, if anybody listening wants to listen to any of my shows, it's, uh, I think my, uh, Instagram is rated JG or rated underscore JG. I'm not sure. Um, if you just type in that, I'm sure it's not a huge, there's not many people out there with something similar on that handle, but yeah, I put shows out, uh, like once a year. So that's cool. If you want to listen to it, um, it's been <laughs> super dope, but yeah. Anyways, I appreciate both you guys having me on. I had a, I had a blast. We need to do it again sometime. We were glad to have you. We've been, we've been, uh, kicking around the idea for a couple of weeks now. And, uh, and we finally, uh, the, uh, stars aligned, uh, and uh we we were able to get it done and uh i think i can speak for chris and say that uh we couldn't have asked for a better first guest so we appreciate it absolutely definitely appreciate you coming on for sure now i need to get you guys on my show like next year <laughs> you can do rust next year and i'll be the year after we'll, we'll be we uh, go, man. I'm we'll, putting we'll, on the docket maybe maybe if chris's uh work schedule doesn't change for the 700th time uh <laughs> we'll get to episode 30 uh before uh before Chris and I both turned 40. <laughs> there you go. Maybe we might. So, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very fun episode. Like, uh, like Mr. Gilly said, check him out on the rated JG podcast. Follow him on Instagram, uh, for new music Fridays. Uh, I found some great artists on there myself and, uh, we appreciate you being with us and Chris, go ahead and say your stupid fucking line. We'll see y'all down the road. Is that better? I didn't say you. <laughs>